James Harden's going to sign their extension. His trade value is not there. And when you hear reports... He paid $16 million of his $33 million salary. I know about people that have certain clauses what in their contract. What happens next year with Giannis Antetokounmpo? He will be eligible for a Supermax next summer. If he re-signs a new reality, the players are going to move around and the players are, are, are not going to want to spend their whole you know, life. And because they didn't want to go into the penalty of the luxury tax, they traded James Harden. Somebody's going to be making $50 Find a home. So, he probably could have made a little bit more money this summer in free agency. I think agency. he could have got a lot more in the offseason. Wow. You got a chance to secure the bag. You you secure, do. No question. What's going on, party people? I am your host, Stephen Bagel, and this is Sports Ethos' very own The Bird Rights Podcast. With me today, we decided to switch it up a little bit. So you guys know I usually do have, you know, beat writers, people in NBA media, people that have a Twitter presence. Today I'm going in a different direction with somebody who knows ball. And for those of you who are familiar with my other podcast, The NBA Goal, which has been on a hiatus basically since I started hosting Bird Rights, you are very familiar with him. He's my good friend, Jake Epstein. Jake, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. And I have to say, I know that you know Bird Rights doesn't usually just have friends on it. Uh, and so... On a very serious note, truly honored that you respect my basketball acumen enough to invite me on. I know it's always funny, though, because you say I know ball. We do this every year, our kind of predictions of the season, the standings, the awards, and some you reflect back on and feel really good about and others you don't. But needless to say, very excited to be here and very excited to you know spew what I Imagine is going to be a very interesting NBA season in a lot of different ways. I'm excited to jump into it. Yeah, it, it is very interesting. When I was doing this, you know, there's a lot of like contenders. Then there's a lot of middle of the pack teams and there's a lot of bad teams. Like, I feel like you could really split it into three tiers of teams. And I think my overarching thesis on this season is going to be those middle of the pack teams. There are going to be a lot more of them than there have been in years past that just decide to bottom out because they really want to get a shot at Wimbanyama. And I think that there are going to be, by the end of the year, more tanking teams than there ever have been in history because of the prospect of Wimbanyama and Scooter Henderson as well. I know you're much more privy to the scouting side of things than I am, but I know it's not hyperbole to say he could be the best prospect ever. And so I know that teams are really going to go all in for this guy. Yeah, I mean, people are saying if him and LeBron James are on the same draft class, who'd you take number one? And a lot of people are saying Wimbayama. Um, I know, that's, so, that's, that's such a crazy himself. thing to say. I, I don't want to say generational. I'll, I'll say generational for Wemby, but I don't want to say generational for Scoot Henderson because generational is what, once in every 100 years? 20 years. Oh, 20, is a generation. Yeah, and LeBron was drafted. So, It'll be exactly 20 years. Yeah, so I'm not going to say Scoot Henderson is generational, but he's like, he's a consensus number one in almost any draft class. Had he's Anthony been. Edwards. He's Cade Cunningham. Oh, I think he's, he's better than Anthony Edwards. Sure. He's perennial yeah. all-NBA if he stays healthy, is what he projects to yeah. be, but not to literally go down as the GOAT, like they're saying with Juan Benyapa. Yeah. So, okay. So let's start with the East. Do you want to start from top to bottom or bottom? I think when we usually do this, and we've done this previously, I think we started bottom to top, if I'm not mistaken. We can go bottom to top. Um, okay. Let's, so I think the bottom with the East, it's so interesting. because 
I think the 15th seed is the Pacers. Do you agree? I do. I don't think they have the worst roster on paper right now, but I think they'll get there at some point, you know, once they turn a heel. And just for listeners to know, we are going to be throwing in, Jake, I don't know if you have it in front of you, but the over and under win totals, anything that sticks out to us, we'll mention it, talk about why we like it. You know, sports sure. is not only a fantasy platform, but also a betting platform. So we're going to give you guys some insight on that as well. And I think with the Pacers, I mean, spoiler alert, Halliburton could win most improved, which is counterintuitive because of how bad they're going to be. But I honestly am happy that they finally tore it down and just stopped being a meddling team. And They should have done that when Paul George requested out. That's how long it's they been. Should have. They should have. And, you know, I like some of the new pieces. We'll see what they have in Matherin. They're doing what any team should do when they're middle of the pack. So they're not going to be a very interesting team to watch. My first, for those listeners that don't know, I have uh, Stephen and I are both six or season ticket holders. He has a full season. I have a partial season. My first game is the home game against Indiana. And then I have Hawks and Nets after that. It'll probably be the least interesting game of the year. But yeah, I, I don't think there's much. Oh, you can get them when they're semi, semi-competitive, at least before like they fully tear it down. I think the most interesting thing about the Pacers, though, is going to be, are they the team that acquires Russell Westbrook? And is there just interest surrounding the trade? Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's much to discuss with them, honestly. Okay, so yeah, I have Indiana 15. My 14 is probably going to surprise most people. Okay, I feel like the same for mine. I wonder if it's the same 14. I have Charlotte at 14. So do I. So do I. So Charlotte, let's talk about real quick. The over and under is 34 and a half, which... I'm hammering that under. Yeah, so am I. I have them at 28 wins. Here's the thing. There's nothing to be excited about on that team except LaMelo Ball. The coach... I do not understand the coach. preliminary hearing on Monday. Yeah. So they definitely (laughs) were... They were trying to get Kenny Atkinson, who I would have liked. As a coach. I would have liked that too. And they brought Steve Clifford back. And it's not their fault that he opted to go back. He's a grown man. He can make his own decision. Why the heck they chose Steve Clifford is beyond me. Because, yeah, let's go back to the same thing that didn't work before. What's the definition of insanity? Trying the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result. Miles Bridges, not there. You're not confident in Clifford's ability to coach the young guys, and Lamelo's hurt to start the year. Like I think they're honestly, I I tweeted this the other day. I think it might be a blessing in disguise that Lamelo got hurt because you know it'll if they start the season one and seven, they'll soon realize okay maybe we can't compete, maybe we should blow it up and try to get Wemby to pair with Lamelo. Fun side, it's better than if they started four and four, three and five, and you know had false hope that they could compete. Fun side note about the Hornets, by the way, so. Um, you and I do this uh, wins pool. We just started it. Yeah, I uh, talked about it on my Grizzlies episode. So if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, go listen to that. So I'm in another one uh, with a bunch of guys in my office. So today, uh, it's a different algorithm that they use, but the picks that I had were 4, 17, and 20. At 20, I had the Knicks. And a coworker of mine walks by me. He's like, the Knicks? That's a terrible and they, I think, were 20th in the over-under win rankings. I said, find one team lower than them that you think is going to be better than the next. I said, let's bet 100 bucks on it. Let's, let me put your money where your mouth is. You can have any team you want and just straight up, if they finish with a better record than the Knit, and he picked the Hornets, and that is easy money for me. Yes, I agree. Um, so 13, I have Detroit. Who do you have 12? 
12, I have Orlando. Okay, so I have them flip-flopped. I have Orlando okay. 15, Detroit at 12. That's why I asked. There's a lot that I like about both of those teams. I like the young talent. I like that they've just got our young guys. We're going to be bad again, and we know it. If either of these teams lands when Benyama, that is a contender in two years, genuinely. There's a lot to like about both of those rosters. They're just young, and they need time to get there. Um, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on how Ivy's going to fit, how Bancaro is going to fit. So I, I think it was Orlando, who's the starting front court the other day, had 15 assists between Wendell Carter, Bancaro, Banchero, and um, Franz Wagner. So they're, they're very good. I feel like they're going to play. They're, they're going to play the offense through Paolo mostly. I mean, he's a ball handler. That's why I really liked him in Houston because Houston doesn't really have a true point yeah. guard. Um, and Houston was where, you know, he was paid to go the entire time till he ended up going number one. I can't believe it. Yeah. So anyway, um, I have, Orla- I actually have Detroit pretty substantially better than Orlando. I have Detroit with 34 wins, Orlando with 29. Okay. So I actually don't think Detroit's really going to tank. And I think the Bojan Bogdanovich trade that they made is them showing the fan base. Look, we're going to at least try this year. I mean, sure, are they they going to trade Bojan at the deadline? He's an expiring contract, probably. Are they going to trade Alec Burks at the deadline? Probably. They're they're still going to do, they'll do, but realistically, they know, okay, they're they're not going to do what they did during the Blake Griffin era, where, sure, let's fight for the seven seed. But I do think K takes a huge jump. Yeah, Um, you're high on it. Yeah, I do think Jaden Ivey, I mean, as a rookie, he'll be as impactful as he can be. Um, I, I don't know. And I think there's so many bad teams that Detroit is just better than. I didn't think that's really what it comes down to for me. I think that... I, I like the take there, and I think that they aren't necessarily actively trying to, but I think to your point, come the deadline when it's, okay, we've got the sixth worst record in the league, let's trade these couple bets, and at that point, just try to mail it in for one Benyama. Um, but I, I'm not... With the know, new lottery odds, anybody could really win it. True. I'm not fighting with you two for mail on... Orlando versus Detroit. I think we both like a lot of the young talent. Um, do you have Washington at 11? Yes, I do. I'm so low on that team has no direction. I think Detroit them. could be better than Washington too. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if Detroit or Orlando. Yeah. I was listening to, I shout him out all the time. Um, I send you his videos too. Sporting Logically on YouTube. The guy's name is Tucker. Um, I love his content. He's one of the sharpest basketball minds I can think of. He said, and I, it's a hard thing to disagree with, Bradley Beal immediately became the worst contract in the league. The second he signed a supermax with a no-trade clause that the Wizards did not have to give him. D- does Bradley Beal turn down $250 million if there's not a no-trade clause? Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand their logic and thought process. I don't trust Porzingis' health. I'm not terribly excited about any of the young guys. I want to believe Denny Abdi is going to be great because he's our Jewish brother, but it's a bunch of guys that are fine, but they're paying so much money to be and mediocre. And now they there. I mean, I'm that's probably the team I would be the least excited about because they're going to be bad, but they don't have a direction. At least all the other teams we named are young, maybe Charlotte, but they're young. They're trying to tank. And you've got a lot of young pieces that you can get excited about. What do you have to be excited about with Washington? 
they have the trailblazer syndrome of the and what the Pacers had before they decided to blow it up of you should rebuild, but you have the one I'm not gonna say Beal's a superstar because he's not, but you have that one guy who's loyal to you, so you don't want to trade him because you wanna keep fans. I mean, clearly Washington should have blown it up years ago. Yeah. Years ago. And they still haven't. Ditto with Portland. So the difference is Dame Dame went healthy as a top ten player. Yes. And Beal's twentieth twenty fifth. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do like what they did with getting off of Bertanz's contract. While Porzingis isn't much better, it's not as long of a deal, but whatever. Porzingis going to play 40 games for you, so sure, maybe he's going to help you lose some games, but that's not what you're trying to do. So it's like, it's it kind of intuitive. Okay. Number 10, I have the Knicks. I do as well. Okay. Uh, so I, I like what the Knicks did with Jalen Brunson. I like the, what they did better this offseason than what they did last season. Last offseason made no sense to me. Um, obviously, the Knicks are trying. They brought in Brunson. They and I appreciate that they're trying. Extended Jay. Baron. Yeah, I mean, the, they want to show that they're competent enough after coming off the 4C two years ago to land that big fish eventually, whoever that may be. Um, they, they don't have the means to do it with cap space anymore nowadays, but... And like the the more I think about the Knicks, I like RJ. I like Brunson. They overpaid for Brunson, but I like him as a player on the team. Um, It's tough because you're pretty capped out and you've spent a lot of money on a bunch of guys that I don't think are great, but I like them trying. And I think that this is probably exactly where they slot it. Like they'll be fringe playing team probably won't make the playoffs, but it is what it is with the Knicks. Yeah, um, and this, this might be Thibodeau's, Thibodeau's last shot at, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I think. I think job in the NBA in general, I think, you know, this might be his last rodeo. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that were the case. Um, I would be surprised if he is their head coach to start next season. Well, I mean, yeah, they'd have to really overachieve for him. Yeah, to still be but there. they did a couple of years ago. So, um, yeah. so okay, that let me guess. Good. Seven, eight. Seven, eight, nine. Do you have some order of Atlanta, Chicago, Toronto? Yep, I have Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago. You have Atlanta at nine. No, or Atlanta at seven. Seven. Atlanta seven, Toronto eight, Chicago nine. Yep. Okay, I have Chicago nine as well, and then flip flop Hawks and Raptors. I just can't trust in Chicago's health. I think, and last year, with that being said, and DeRozan playing the best basketball he ever did. This is about where it got them. Well, I, I was I had Keith Cork on of the Sports Ethos Bulls on a couple weeks ago. And what we the biggest thing we kept hitting on is sure the Bulls won 46 games last year. And this year, at the time the over under is 42 and a half, now it's 41 and a half. So they're just about 500. Yeah. Um what the heck? I told you I'm popular tonight. Um, I know you are. You always are. Anyway. They had 46 wins last year, but they had a negative point differential. How did that happen? I have no... Because I guess when they got blown out, when they lost, they got blown out, essentially. Yeah. But, and when they would win, they would win in close games. DeRozan hit, what, three buzzer beaters last year? Yeah, and he so, he was exceptional. Like, no one could have seen how good that sounded. So, Lonzo Ball, I don't know when he's going to play. A couple weeks ago, when I did speak with Keith about it, my worry, I'm going to Lonzo Ball was a 10 at the time. Now, they're saying he's going to be out one, two months. I said I didn't expect him to play. Neither of us were really expecting him to play last year. Um, they would need Patrick Williams to take a huge jump. 
Which could happen. Replicate what he did. Wait, he could. DeRose is not going to replicate what he did last year. Levine has knee issues. Vucevic clearly declining. Yeah, he doesn't look good. (laughs) I just, I don't see... Uh, I just don't see it in Chicago. I liked it so much on paper last year. Okay, we're going for it. We're going out. We're getting DeRozan and Lonzo. We believe in Patrick Williams. That starting five on paper makes a lot of sense. But now Vooch doesn't look nearly as good as we thought he was going to. Lonzo's hurt. DeRozan can't replicate an all-NBA, what was he, second team last year? Caliber season. And Patrick Williams, I do expect to get better. But yeah, I think that that's about where the Bulls are. Now, for for me with the Hawks at eight, it's well documented how much I hate Trey Young. Um, Guy's an exceptional offensive player. He's one of my least favorite players ever and certainly in the league right now. I'm trying to put my bias out of it. I do not know how he and DeJounte Murray are going to work. So, Trey Young advocated to get DeJounte Murray there for what that's worth. He sure. said he wanted to play next to a pure point guard. So he's going to have to adjust to an off-ball role where instead of breaking down the defense with his ball handling, he's going to have to move off the ball and knock down shots. And again, I I, I don't get the Trey Young hate, and I always tell you that when we talk about him, but what I will say is Trey Young probably is up there with Devin Booker just about as one of the most, no, more than Devin Booker, the most overrated shooter in the NBA. His percentage is just because, not great. Exactly. Just because he shoots some distance five feet behind the line does not mean he's a good shooter. I looked this up yesterday because my buddy and I were having – it was when you texted me about um, Iris Maxey and what you thought – how he could lead the league in three-point percentage. And then I pulled up the three-point percentage leaders for 2022 just to take a look. I don't think Trey Young was in the top 25. Like – I wouldn't imagine so with the high volume that he shoots. and, and But it was shocking. Luke Kennard, number one, 45% at six attempts a game, which was crazy. But that's neither here nor there. But the way that I think about it, people like it on paper because Trey Young is pure offense and DeJounte Murray is defense. And now we have a backcourt of a great offensive player and a great defensive player. Sure, but they're both guys that pretty much only play with a ball. So Trey Young's got to adjust. I don't know. And then you're expecting a lot of growth from Kung Wu, Hunter to stay healthy. I don't think they're going to be bad by any means. I just, I think this is around where they do as well. And I'm, it sounds like I'm a little higher on Toronto than you are. I just, that's such a well-run organization with such good coaching that even though they have definitely a worse roster than the six teams ahead of them, I think I just trust Nick Nurse so much. And we saw it they were the five seed last year and I don't think they got meaningfully worse by any means. Yeah. The over and under is 46 and a half. I actually put them at 43 and it's ironic because I don't disagree with what you're saying. I mean, I'm going to do coach rankings with, um, with Trey from the sports, eat those balls just like we did last year. Okay. And when we did that last year, I think I had Nick Nurse number two and he had him like, one of us had him number one, one of us had him number two. So, like, he does, he's a phenomenal job, but I do think that, you know, it's the deficiencies of the roster. I mean, they are built where everybody on that team is between 6'5 and 6'10. Like, except Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> ex- exactly. And Malachi Flynn. But with that said, I know this is never going to happen. That's my dream when Benyama destination. 
I think he could truly become one of the best ever if he played in Toronto. Well, of course, Toronto's player development is them and like Memphis are like ball none. The best. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I just I, I might have factored in rosters too much into it and not factored in enough organization. Fair. But but I feel like that's what I did last year and they were the five seed. Yeah. So um, yeah, but okay. actually, I don't think there was as many contenders as there are this year. And I think just having a mediocre roster could really bite them this year. And I think that's a good transition into. So between what is your, okay. What's your six Cleveland. Okay. And what's I'm your worried about the small backcourts of Gollum well, and Mitchell, how they'll defend. Yeah. It's it's all offense in the backcourt and all defense. They're going to have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley bailing them out on every single possession, and that's going to wipe them out on offense to the point where Jared Allen, I don't think, is going to be nearly as much as the rim runner as he usually is. So I have the Cavs at four. Okay. And I think that of the top six teams that we both have in whatever order, between Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Miami – I think they are definitely the least likely to make the finals of those I six. Agree. However, I think that just as a pure regular season team, I like the way you're also expecting a lot from Isaac Okoro because now we've got offense and defense, albeit mismatched. And now we need that, you know, solid three and D wing and Okoro has got to grow a lot. I just think that the way the momentum they had last year, adding Donovan Mitchell, I think it's just really good vibes there. I see them being a very good regular season. Now, I'm not going to buy them as a contender at all. I think that the ceiling, for, if they can make the playoffs and win a playoff series, that's a success. And lose in the set, huge success. And then next year, I'll buy them as a contender when those guys have a year to grow together. Um, I just have them hire as a regular season team. Who do you have at five? Miami. I have Miami at five as well. I feel like they seesaw a lot. Make yeah, the finals, so especially Miami, in the first round. Miami, everything you said for Toronto can be said for Miami. Spolster is the best coach in the league, just about. He and Nurse are 1A, 1A. Yeah, and same thing. Player development's phenomenal. It's just an organization you don't sleep on, and an organization that's so well run, you just buy into everything they do because everything they touch is into gold. But, I mean, they, they said they started their regular rotation yesterday in the final preseason game. I'm like... Caleb Martin is starting because they don't have a four and nothing wrong with either of the Martin twins. I think they'll find players, but yeah. I just don't see them not being able to replace PJ Tucker's toughness. They don't really have a true four. They don't really have a backup center. They don't really have a backup point guard. Sure. Wings. I do talk about wings are the best commodity in the NBA nowadays, but Miami's roster itself does have a lot of issues and that's why I'm low on them the same way I'm low on Toronto. It has a lot of issues for a few reasons. They've lost. These are ancillary pieces, but between losing PJ Tucker, Precious Achua, and Goran Dragic, I think they'd really like all those guys on the team right now. Kyle Lowry. Looked, the way Kyle Lowry play up. Kyle Lowry looked old last year, and he's not getting any younger. And he's a Philly boy, and you know I root for his success. I'm not. Thank God hoping. we didn't trade Tyrese Maxey for him. I know. We'll get back to that later. But I don't think Lowry is going to be better. Jimmy's getting older. Hero's now going to be expected to... He just got a $130 million extension. He's going to probably play Hero Ball a little bit more. Duncan Robinson's in the doghouse in the playoffs last year on an $18 million a year contract. And you can never count them out. I'm not going to say that they're going to be a play-in team. But 
I would be shocked if they make the conference finals again. I'd honestly be surprised if they win a playoff series. I think three years ago, they make the finals. Two years ago, they get swept in the first round. Last year, they are a possession away from making the finals again. This year, I just see being the seesaw year back down. Um, so do you have the Nets at four? Yep, I do. Okay. You start with your Brooklyn rant, then I'll go into town. So Brooklyn could go anywhere, honestly, from one to eight, if we're being honest. I mean, they were a playing team last year. They had Ben Simmons now. You would anticipate Kyrie and KD each play more games than they played last year. So there's no reason to, you know, I, that's why I have them higher just by default. But again, major, I had Doug Doyle locked on Nets pod on a couple weeks ago. And we talked about how unpredictable the locker room between Ben and Kyrie and KD and those clashing, clashing personalities are. Joe Harris is coming off two major ankle surgeries. They don't have a backup center behind Nick Claxton, so they're going to play a ton of small ball. Um, they're going to rely on Royce O'Neal far too much, who is now a 3 and D that no longer has the three. Why would the Jazz do <laughs> Winhorst. Remember that meme? Oh, yes, I do. The Rooks Okay. Look me Here's my take on that. Okay. Kevin Durant is obviously one of the best players in the league. I'm not going to hear this best player slander. It's Giannis, and that's the end of the day. He's exceptional. And here's the way I look at the Nets. I hear Nick Wright use this analogy once. Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets are an NFT. They're great in theory, but they're just an intangible thing that doesn't exist. So here's my take. They were a mess last year. And now, what has happened since last year? Kevin Durant demanded Steve Nash be fired. How the heck is that going to play in room? Kyrie is losing it more and more by the day. Did you see, by the way, after the video went viral of Ben Simmons airballing that shot at the Nets practice, somebody asked Kyrie about it. He went on a two-minute rant. Look it up, listeners and you, because I don't think you've seen it. He goes on this geopolitical rant about Ben Simmons' upbringing in Australia. I was – the guy's a nut. The locker room was terrible last year. It's not going to get better. Ben Simmons defensively is, of course, how, going to help. How quickly does Nash get fired this year? 20 games in, over, under? Uh, over, but before the All-Star break. Okay. Um, I, I just, I feel like a lot of the same issues are still there. Yes, it's all this talent that on paper could make sense, but I am not going to believe in that team. And that's obviously our top three teams in some order, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston. I would be floored if the team that represents the East is not one of those teams. I don't see the Cavs being a real contender. Miami is just not as good as the rest of them. And they're all there's still going to be all those idiots that pick Brooklyn. Count on Ben Simmons like we did for five years and just see what happens. And I have no I never wish failure on any human it's, unless they've done personal wrongdoing me and that's very few people with ben simmons specifically he's gotten his money he's gotten his generational wealth with the two contracts he's achieved so far he'll make more money than any human being that's not a professional basketball player i don't hope that guy succeeds with everything that he has, he just refuses to accept accountability. He refuses to work on his game. And then he gaslights Philadelphia sports fans and points the finger. 
I don't want that guy to do well, and I don't think he's going to. I said for years that he was uncoachable, way before any of this happens, when back when Bill was a coach, and everything came full circle at the end. So, And okay. then, yeah, it, I could go on for hours. Yeah, I we, know. That's why <laughs> we're moving on to number three. This team, there's the Boston Celtics. I have number three. I have them at three. As well. I actually have them as a runaway number one prior to – you know, Gallinari tearing his ACL and Time Lord, Time Lord missing the first two months. And then Ime Udoka sat. They, they were, before that, the runaway title favorite. I think they were plus like 400 and Nexus was going to say they plus like 600. Like they Which were, is crazy. Yeah. So Boston, I was very high on. But now, you know, that Udoka thinks hanging over their head, they, did, they would have been better off just firing him. I, I know. Think. I'm but, shocked they didn't. But Time Lord's missing time. I actually... Had Tom Lord initially as an all-star and on my 13th really? NBA. Wow. As the center. But now, you know, he's going to miss too much time probably for either of those achievements. Um, I And I had him defensive player of the year. Um, I had him in my top three. So, but... yeah. So, for just all those reasons, they signed Blake Griffin to try to replace Gallinari and Tom Lord at the same time. I think, that, honestly, they would have been better off maybe the Marcus Aldridge and Carmelo Anthony, a combo of those guys, but... Either way, um, I just I, I don't see it now with everything going on. I, I really don't. I the time lord thing stings. I personally don't think the Gallinari loss is as big as you do. For me, it is all hinging on the Ime Udoka saga. I I don't under for legal reasons, and you're the you're the one that went to law school. I didn't. They probably did this hoping he would just step away. And I don't know if there were implications for him not getting fired, but they, he was such a good coach last year and you could see in the way that they played defense and many different factors, they, there was so much to like about them. I don't think, and now the guy that would have been the coach is coaching over in Utah now. I don't know and how the guys gonna... currently the coach also had domestic violence allegations. Yes. Let's talk about that for a second. So I I think that's gonna be such a huge loss for them that it's going to be tough for them. Um now again, they still could make the finals because if they overcome that and use that as momentum, they could, which is why I have them as three seed by the way. But I they could make the finals, but I would be sh- I would be surprised if it's not Milwaukee or Philly. I would be shocked if it's not Milwaukee, Philly, or Boston. Um, do you have Milwaukee at one or two? Uh, Milwaukee at two. And Philly at one? Yeah. I mean, the Sixers, I'm not saying they're winning at all because every time I do, they don't. But what what I will say is they're very well equipped to be a dangerous regular season team. Yep. Between the I... additions of P.J. Taco, D'Anthony Melton, they're so switchable now which is something they never had before. And last year they got killed with death and they added to that substantially. It's a deep, tough defensive roster. I would not be shocked if they're the one seed. Now, they were the one seed two years ago and I think this is better than that team. I I would agree. Not Um, to mention James Harden should be better than he was last year coming off an injury and Tyrese Maxey should take another leap. This is where I stand. This is where I stand on the Sixers. They're going to be a great regular season team, barring major injury, but of course we can't project that. They're going to be a great regular season team. 
there is a lot to like about them in terms of the switchability, in terms of the defense, the depth. I mean, Montrez Harrell, DeAnthony Melton, P.J. Tucker. Oh, wow, look at all these guys that came to the team and they didn't really lose anybody. There's a lot to like. Where I stand with the Sixers is it's going to come down to James Harden, in my opinion. Embiid is going to be Embiid, assuming he stays healthy and plays. If James Harden looks like the James Harden when he arrived in Brooklyn, when he was immediately when he got traded, if you remember, people were talking about him as an MVP candidate yep. because of how well he was playing. And he immediately was like, okay, I'm not scoring 35 a night anymore. I'm doing 23 and 12. He did it so seamlessly. I heard something once about James Harden. He is one of the few players ever that is an all-time scorer and an all-time passer. And he could just switch on both so easily. If he is facilitating with the way Maxi's shooting, if James Harden looks like when he arrived in Brooklyn, James Harden, the Sixers can win the If he looks like what he looked like on the Sixers last year, they can. And it's just going to come down to, do you believe that he was actually hurt last year? And that's why his performance dipped. Or is this a sign of a big issue? But then with Milwaukee, I think they would have won the title last year. If Middleton won the title. I don't know. I, I think last year was Boston's year. I know they didn't win it all, but I think it was Boston's year to get to the finals. So I'm not, I mean, I know the easy arguments to say Milwaukee because they would end up going to seven in a final possession and Middleton didn't play. But I mean, as long as they have Giannis, he's such a floor raiser, they're going to be a top three seed minimum. So minimum. Uh, they didn't do much this offseason for us to be notable that we need to discuss. Yeah, yeah. But do we want to talk about like our conference final predictions and who we have coming out of the East now? And then we can go to the West. That's fine. Um, I think it's going to be a Buck Sixers conference finals. I actually had Celtics Bucks. Okay. So I, I, I want to put the Sixers definitely. But the Bucs, you know, they've done it before. Yeah. Assuming they will have the same thing as you just said, if they had Middleton, they might have done it again. I think the Sixers need to prove it. Doc Rivers needs to prove it. The same agree. way Budenholzer had to prove it. You probably know this statistic about the Sixers, but this is so crazy. Do you know that since Dr. J retired, the Sixers have made one conference finals? Yeah, 2001. 2001, when they made the finals. So you're probably right that they won't make the conference finals because that's what the Sixers do. I just really like this team. I really like the depth. I really like the attitude that they bring. I think P.J. Tucker is going to help a lot. It's going to come down to Harden again, but I think this is the year they at least crack that threshold. But I think the Bucks come out at least. I have Boston over Milwaukee just because I was so high on them before everything happened. I said, you know what? Instead of having them win the finals, instead of them lose the finals again. So, I I think the Bucks are winning it all, in my opinion. Well, uh, that would be great for my boy's Giannis legacy. So, yes, and he's arguably already a top twenty player of all time. Oh, I think I think so. Yeah, he'll be and top ten by the time it's over. By the time it's all over, I'd be surprised. Might be top five. You know, if he doesn't win any more rings, obviously hard to make that argument, but I don't see a scenario where he's not winning, winning at least one more. I hope this is the Sixers here, but I'm gonna I'm not gonna believe that they can beat Milwaukee in a playoff series until they do it. Yeah. Okay. Before we move on to the Western Conference, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. 
Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges for any other ranks? That's right. It was Aaron Brewski's The Brewski 150. You probably turned those in, those huge wins into some cash, didn't you? Great. Well, The Brewski 150 is now available to all fantasy monthly members, including the extremely affordable fantasy pass at $5.99 to be precise a month. Head to sportsethos.com to upgrade to a fantasy pass now and dominate your drafts. Okay. So let's move on to the West. The bottom of the West is rough. It's really bad. We have four teams that are really bottoming out. Jazz, Thunder, Spurs, Rockets. Yep. So 15th, I have San Antonio. I have Utah. I I have Utah 14th. Neither of those teams are trying to win. Yeah, so maybe San Antonio will win a little bit more just because it's Popovich's last year and they're going to try do well by him, but... Like, other than Kelton Johnson, who's the best player, Josh Richardson or Doug McDermott? I mean, Devin Vassella and Jacopoto, who will be traded. They've like, got more they, young people to be excited about than the Jazz do. That's just why I have the Jazz. Yeah, but the Jazz have more vets. That's why I have the Jazz a hair bit better. For now. I. Yeah? We all know Conley, Clarkson, all those guys are gone. Eventually. Now is your thesis that, hey, until they're gone, they could scrape together a couple wins. Sure, but... With all of this Wembenyama stuff, I wouldn't be shocked if there are teams contending for the Sixers' 10-win season to be even worse than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, teams aren't going to wait till the trade deadline to move their vets. They're going to be calling teams, hey, if you want our vets, you got to trade for them now because we yeah. So exactly. that, that'll be a little um, caveat for us to explore when we do our mock-offs, mock trade deadline this year. Yeah, and then the Thunder... I think the Thunder could be 14. Where do you have the Thunder at? I have them at 14. I have the Spurs at 13. Okay. I have the Just Thunder. because. Who do you have at 13? I have the Thunder at 13, but I have them five games better than the Jazz and seven games better than the Spurs. So I think they're substantially better. The over and under in Vegas is actually 22 and a half. I have them at 28. Yeah, so I would take that. That's a pretty heavy over. I know SGAs are already hurt. They'll probably shut them down earlier if they did again. Chess out for the year, but. Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, like they Poku looks great in the preseason. Everyone knows on Poku Truther. They'll finally look <laughs> like they're starting to put it together. They're, it looks like they're starting to put it together. I'm so upset that Chet was hurt. I really wanted to see what he could do. But the reason why I just don't think they're going to win a lot of games, I would take that over at 22 and a half. But they're running the team like a Ponzi scheme and they're going to do whatever they can for Big Vic as well. Here's the question I have on the phone. Let's say they wind up with a two pick. We were talking. What will and they have to trade to get number one? Pick your team. Indiana, Utah. Another team is one. OKC gets two. And they call that team and they say, we'll give you the second pick, so Scooter Henderson, and eight other firsts. Do they do it? I, I think so, given how good Scoot is. I mean, it really depends because they have so many firsts, like, are they the Clippers first? Are they, like, sure. what first are they? I mean, and again, that's the front office guy in me really saying that. Yeah, um, sure, but yeah, they're, they're not. Okay. They're- okay, so I'm assuming you have Houston at 12. I do have Houston. Okay. So Houston, my biggest concern, and they're another one. Their over-under was 23 and a half. I had them at 28 as well. Same thing. Yeah, as that's it. another over. So I think that's another over, just because of, you know, how many bad teams are on in general. Houston... I really liked what they did in the draft. I had Jabari Smith number one on my big board. And I had Tari Issa number four on my big board. Or number three, actually. And he's had a monster preseason. 
They got him at 17. Yeah, you were really high on him. Yeah. The issue is, though, with Houston is that they're not going to be able to defend for a lick. Yeah. I mean, the guys they have project to be good defenders, but nobody's a really good defender, the rookie year, aside from Herb Jones and Evan Mobley. They were outliers this year. Um, so Houston, I just I see the offense. I see Jalen Green taking a step. They have Kevin Porter Jr. They obviously have Jabari Smith, Shengun, a lot of really young, intriguing pieces. Eason, a lot of Ty Ty Washington, a lot of very intriguing pieces to build around. I just it's the second year of the rebuild. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. I like Jalen Green. I was really high on him last year. I had him as rookie of the year, which was looking like a horrible pick at the beginning of the year. But then, oh, okay. This is what we thought he was going to be. Um, that would be a great Wembenyama team, actually. I think he could fit in really nicely there. Um, but yeah, they're not going to be able to defend. It, it's a rebuild that's going to take time. Um, hopefully, they'll be a little more exciting than these other teams. Just because Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, okay, these are guys... Like, Jalen Green could have a lot of highlights. The Thunder and the Spurs, or the Jazz and the Spurs, just aren't going to be exciting. Um and then you know, okay, the Rockets have the pieces, you know. Yeah. Okay. So you're eleven and ten. I'm gonna guess Sacramento and Portland. Yep. Who do you have ahead of whom? I have Sacramento at eleven, Portland at ten. Mine switched. Um, Portland. I understand why you have them, and I actually have both these teams in our wins pool. I have both of them, and I have the Sixers. Those are my. <laughs> th- so I do need Sacramento to overachieve. I need Portland to overachieve. But Portland, as you divided earlier on the pod, they're a prime team to do what they did last year, where start out contending, shut everyone down, trade people, and then, you know, end up rebuilding for a top pick. So Portland, I could definitely see that in you going, but I like the versatility of this team. I like Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, Dame, Simons, Nurchik. It's a good starting five. Gary Payton in the second was versatile off the bench. They have, you know, enough switchable guys. Justice Winslow, Missy Little. I think they'll actually be better than anticipated to start the year. Now, I don't know if it's sustainable, but I, I just like the pieces in general, the modern NBA, the switchability of the defense, while having Dame Lillard, who's going to alone give you an above-average offense. I like the pieces. I don't know how sustainable it is. I don't know if Chauncey Billups can coach as well. That's fair. That's another thing that we need to – and. I'm just a little higher on the Kings because De'Aaron Fox played phenomenally to end the year last year and no one talked about it. I, You were the front runner of why the heck did they take Keegan Murray at four if you wanted Keegan Murray trade I, down. I, I've cooled down on that a little bit. I think I was still good for trading Halliburton. So I, I'm just cautious on. But I, I was also very big on Jaden Ivey. It had nothing to do with Keegan Murray yes. as a prospect. It had more to do with past. And hey, everyone in the world knows Jaden Ivey's mocked at four, so trade the guy. But no, I think we're definitely in agreement there. I also have some Sacramento friends now, so maybe that's why I'm a little higher on the Kings. But I I like what they're putting together a little bit more. Now, it's still a misaligned timeline because you've got some young pieces, but Fox and Sabonis are now... They added Kevin of- Herter. They added Malik Monk. They added yeah. Keegan Murray. They they have some piece, more pieces than what they had. Exactly. Um and they're going to try. They haven't made. And they're going to try now that the Mariners, the Phillies, they both made the playoffs. The Kings, I think, even they those was longer than the Phillies for the longest drought. Far, far and away. Yeah. Mariners, Mariners it then. was twenty years. Kings haven't made it since so far. Yeah. Um, they're going to try, but you got the Lakers at nine. And the Kings are thirty-three and a half. I think I'm going over on that too. I would take that over for sure. Cool. 
Do you um, have the Lakers at nine? Yes, I do. It's it's so hard to. It's hard to know because if they do the Indiana Westbrook deal, will they get Turner healed? They're going to look like a completely different team. They're going to look like a much more competent team. They're going to be a matter of we we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know what they're going to do, and that's why it's hard to. If they do that trade, they could be the five seed. Yeah, and maybe even better. And but if LeBron and AD are hurt and they don't do that trade, they could be the twelve seed. Exactly. Like, so. This is there the are, you can predict. I mean, that I don't like to project injuries, and so that's not really factoring in for me. I'm operating under the assumption right now. I think they will be the ninth seed if guys stay reasonably healthy and Russ is on the team all year. I don't think both of those things will happen, but I can't predict when they will. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so what is that number eight? That was nine. Yeah, yeah you so have an eight. Number eight at Minnesota. I have Minnesota at seven. I have New Orleans at eight. I have New Orleans at six. And then is Dallas the other team you have I sprinkled have in this? Seven. Yes, I do. Okay, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk about the Timberwolves first. They, to me, like Cleveland, could be okay. Here is this team that did well last year, maybe overachieved a little bit, finally starting to put it together. Added an uh, all-star from the Utah Jazz. Um, I dislike the fit a lot more with Minnesota. Now, I, I like Chris Finch. I think he's a good coach. And I think if the Timberwolves were in the East, they would finish better than the 7-8 seed territory. If they wind up as the 4 seed, I'd be surprised. I mean, I like in theory what I'm hearing about. The plan is spending a lot of the game with Russell and Gobert on the floor together and then Towns and Edwards on the floor together. I like that in theory. I just really don't know how Townsend go very good. Like, yeah, I mean, I, they mitigate each other a lot. That the fact that Cat could spend the floor and Gobert plays down low, and Cat can't defend and Gobert can. It's just to me, Cat is so slow footed. Anytime they're going against, like, let's just say, I don't know, the Suns, who had Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson as the forwards, Cat's gonna get eaten alive defensively. Yeah, it's it's the Trey Young, Dejounte Murray paradigm in the backcourt. It's one guy's offense, one guy's defense, very extreme cases. That I don't know how it's going to fit. And yes, in theory, Cat's going to get eaten alive, but now you got Gobert there, and he can anchor it. I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I, it's similar to how I said the Sixers, I didn't have them in conference finals, because I need to see them do it. Anthony Edwards is favorite to win on most improved players, so if he takes a monster leap, it's tough to envision. Anthony Edwards winning most improved player with Cat and Gobert and then being an AC. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit because I have some thoughts on that as well. Okay, so then let's talk about let's talk about the Mavs next because I have them at seven. Okay. Um I I do have New Orleans better than them, but Dallas, I mean, sure, they lost Brunson and gained Christian Wood, but they still got worse. I mean, for a team that has Luka Doncic, how are you like not trying to get better? I hate this roster outside of Luca. It's awful. I, I and, love and Luca. And Finney Smith, and that's it. If this were a better roster, Luca would be my front runner to win MVP. I just don't think they're going to be a high enough seed for him to get that award. Granted, Jokic last year set the precedent that it doesn't matter as long as you have good work, but I'm not going to get into that. I don't hate Dallas's decision because here's my thought process. What you don't want to do is overpay Brunson because you don't want to get worse and now you're handicapped with a team that is not good enough. 
No, I, I, I get that because Brunson's a small guard who isn't even going to have the ball in his hand that much. I get that. I, I, like, I don't think it was their choice. It, Brunson was leaving. It, they, it's not like Dallas said we're not paying him. But I don't think, I don't think they would have because I think that if I were running the Mavericks, and let's say Brunson said right here, I would prefer to stay here than go to the next match. This or not, I would say God bless you that you got your money. Go have fun in New York because the way that the Mavericks, who knows if this was their thought process or they just lucked into this, did they take a step back? Yes, but taking a step back to leave yourself flexibility to get Zach Levine. If the Bulls are bad and he says, get me out. Yeah, they would have, they will have cap space. Um, I did talk about that with um Laura Gunn and the Mavs episode. So and giving yourself flexibility to add a true guy next to Luca that can make you contenders to me is a lot better than overpaying for Jalen Brunson. The issue is that this free agent class is awful. So sure, they're gonna have cap space this summer, but there's but no, no one go- no one moves in free agency anymore. It's yeah. all via trades. I think they uh, that was my team to land Rudy Gobert, and they couldn't make it happen. In the last three years, unless I'm just completely forgetting, who was the big guy that moved via free agents? After the summer of 2019, which was crazy, everyone's moving via trades now. Mitchell, Gobert, Anthony Davis. Uh, that Well, Brandon Ingram was part of the Anthony Davis thing, but I think they're leaving themselves flexibility so that if the Bulls are bad... If Brandon Ingram doesn't like the way that he's fitting alongside Beal, whatever the case may be, I think they're leaving their, themselves flexibility to trade for it. So, and then with the Pelicans, there's a last year they were a playoff team and they're adding Zion Williamson. So they should be much better. I think that fit won't be easy. I think it's going to take a little bit for them to figure out how to play the game. Yeah, and they remind me of the Grizzlies last year going into the year where everyone said, this Grizzlies team is really deep, and the Grizzlies ended up having the second-best record in the NBA. I mean, C.J. McCollum was great. He was a phenomenal playmaker after they acquired him, and he was the lead guard. Then they have Ingram, Herb Jones, Zion Valanciunas starting five. Then on the bench, Larry Nance Jr., Trey Murphy, Dyson Daniels, Devontae Graham, Jose Alvarado, Jackson Hayes, they just have so many guys that even if Zion gets hurt or somebody else gets hurt, I feel that they could sustain it. And I wouldn't be shocked. Which is how they made the playoffs last year. I have them in my ones win pool. They could be the four or five seed at their peak if everything plays. I mean, between Ingram, Zion, McCollum. Also, do not count them out as a Kevin Durant destination. That's fair. If he if he doesn't finish the air in Brooklyn. New Orleans from the start was one of the few teams that made sense. If Brooklyn's asking prices, okay, you want an all-star, Brandon Ingram. You want a young piece, Herb Jones, Alvarado, take one of them. They've got Bucks picks. They've got Lakers picks. They've got their own picks. And if you've got Kevin Durant, Zion, and CJ McCollum, if that winds up happening, they could skyrocket. Of course, we can. Um, who do you have at five? Number five... Okay, so number five, I have the Clippers. But I just don't think the Clippers care about the regular season. I think Kawhi and Paul George are going to miss time. It has nothing to do with me thinking the Clippers are a bad team. I've got them at two. Okay. Um, 
I think we're probably in agreement that they are a true contender. Yes. It's just a matter of what the regular season is going to be like. They're the deepest team in the league. I said the Pelicans were deep. The Clippers are the deepest team in the league. I personally just think they're actually going to care about the regular season a little bit more than they have in years past, just because that has burned them to the extent that it has. Okay, Kawhi hasn't played in a little while. John Wall's new. but All these new pieces, I think they're going to try to play together more games than they have. I, and again, that's tough because it always sucks at the top of a conference of it's, okay, here's a team that could truly contend. We just don't know how seriously they're going to take the regular season to project standings, which is annoying, but that's my thought process. I think we both think they're going to be really good. Yeah, It'll no, just come down I to how think, much the guys play. I think if I had to bet money on one team to win it all, I don't know what the Clippers' odds are. I could pull it up right now, but I, I think that's where I would put my money. They are extremely deep. I love... As I said, Wings are the hot spot in the NBA. They have Paul George and Kawhi and Norman Powell and Covey. They, they just have so many freaking guys. That's before we even talk about Luke Kennard and Terrence Mann. Yeah, they so- got a lot of guys. Yeah. Who do you have it for? Totally a point guard play with... And they finally point guard. Yeah. With John Wall and Reggie. Who do you have it for? So for I have the Memphis Grizzlies. I do have them taking a step back. Um... So I was pulling up the Clippers championship odds. They're plus 700. They have third best odds to win it all. That, that's a good bet. Yep. So I agree. So Memphis, I actually just recorded a Memphis episode a few days ago with David Williams of the Sports Seepers Grizzlies pod. And I don't know. I'm just not big on the offseason. They lost Kyle Anderson. Jan and Jackson, Jackson and Anthony Melton. Jan Jackson's hurt again, going to miss probably up through Christmas. They yeah. had an underwhelming draft, which I'm never going to doubt them. They're phenomenal player development, and everything they end up doing ends up being right. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there, but I just, I don't know. Them going like 20 and 2 or 22 and 5, whatever it was without John Moran last year, I, I think was fluky. And yeah. they had a very good defense last year behind Jaron Jackson, who, if he hadn't fouled so much, would have won defensive player of the year, and Anthony Melton who both of them are going to miss the majority of the year. Well, Melton's obviously on a different team, and Jalen yeah. Jackson's going to miss the majority of the year. I have them at one. And it's simply because of what we were saying about the Clippers. I think they're a young team that's going to care about the regular season. Well, they did have the second-best record in the league last year. They had the second-best record in the league last year. You could say, yeah, they lost these couple pieces, but they also have a ridiculously young team. And if I'm projecting the growth of John Morant and Desmond Bain and all of these different players... I think that could kind of make up for it. Um, I also have Taylor Jenkins winning coach of the year, just because I think the Grizz are going to be that good record-wise. They're definitely going to be a top team. I'm still not going to believe in them as a true contender because my thesis always when it comes to a champion is that you need to have a top 20 player of all time because the only exceptions to that, winning the title. Pistons Pistons in 04. And the Spurs when Kawhi won finals MVP before Kawhi was Kawhi. I would also argue the Raptors because I don't think Kawhi's top 20 of all time. No, I think but he's when, top 30 or top 40. When Kawhi, healthy Kawhi Leonard is top 20 of all time, his career won't go down like that, be, in my opinion, because of how much time he's missed. But I don't think Ja's that guy yet. But I think that they're going to care a lot about the regular season as well. Um, okay, so let me guess. So between Suns, Warriors, Nuggets, do you have Suns, Nuggets, Warriors? Yes. No, Suns, Warriors, Nuggets. Okay. You have Nuggets at one. 
Wow. Oh, no. I have Suns 1, Warriors 2, Nuggets 3. You still have Suns at 1 after that miserable offseason? They, they, they won over 60 games back-to-back years. Like, they were so much better record-wise in the regular season than any other team in the league for two years in a row. And they're bringing back the same team. They're bringing back the same team with DeAndre Ayton, who doesn't want to be there. Chris Paul, who got older. DeAndre Ayton, who won't talk to Monty Williams. And Jay Crowder, big loss, who won't be placed. They said they're not trading Jay Crowder for a first. They said they want a rotation player for him. Yeah. Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder leaving. All this Robert Sarver noise. Like, of course, they're still going to win a lot of games. I have them four. I'm not saying they're going to fall off. But you still think they'll be the one seed with all that shit that went on in the offseason. I don't know. Again, they were what they go last year, 64 and 18, something ridiculous. I, I think so. I think and I right. think the year before that, they went what, 59 and 23 or 58 24? Or 61 21, I think it was. They like, they're so much better in the regular season than every other team. They're blowing teams out of the water. So they're bringing back the same team. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. That's fine. I I, I think all of the noise, I also don't think Aiden's going to be there come the trade them. I'm giving them also the over and under 52 and a half. I'm taking the over. They won 64 and 61 the last two years. Yes. And now they're 53 with the same team. Okay, we just – I think all the noise this offseason is going to affect I don't know if you saw the clips from their media day. They look defeated with all the Sarver stuff that's going on. And I get it. I would have a hard time not feeling that way if I played for that team. But, okay. Warriors, you have them at two. I have them at three. Of course, there's they not much to about the regular season, but they're still so like last year they were the three seed. I forget how many games they won. I think they won like 48, 49. And they only had Clay Thompson for like 20 of those games. Yeah. And Moody and Kaminga still have a lot of growth to do. As they, does Jordan Poole. As does Jordan Poole. Steph Wiseman. Might not miss 20 games again. Wiseman's yeah. playing. Draymond's I, not being suspended now. Warriors could very well be the one seed. Very well. Even if they don't care about the Vegas season just because of how good they are. They're good. They're deep. Ridiculously well coached. No one's going to fight with you about it. You can make the argument they won't care about the regular season and be four, and they could not care about the regular season and be one. I'm shocked you have the Nuggets at one, though. I have the Nuggets at three. Oh, you have the Nuggets at three? I have Phoenix yeah. at one. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. With the Nuggets, I think they're great. I love the – separately, by the way, I have Thursday Night Football on in the background – Zero zero about to hit half. At the score, it's awful. My God, I hate Thursday night. That's that's our last football. Game. Um, I just don't know how long it's going to take for Murray and Porter Jr. to look like themselves again, and for all those guys. To that's fair. Um, I wouldn't. I have them at five. I wouldn't be shocked if they're a little lower than that. I wouldn't be shocked if they're higher than that. The story around the Nuggets is just how, when do the guys look like themselves, and how will they start to play? And it's impossible to predict that. I don't know. I like the contagious Caldwell Pope's um, I do too. a lot. I, basically, I feel like Aaron Gordon was overstretched having to defend on the wing. And now they have contagious Caldwell Pope to do that for him. So he can oh. focus more on being an elite defender against fours. Maybe play a little bit of small ball when Jokic is off the court. Bruce Brown, same thing. I like the versatile, switchable guys if you guys haven't picked up on that yet. So having I, Bruce Brown, having Aaron Gordon, having Davis Caldwell Pope, I feel like KCP is a great addition. For them. Yeah, I agree. He, he's probably the best two that they've had. Also, and Bones, Bones Island. Bones Island is a sneaky yeah. six man of the year candidate. Yes, he is. Um, so let's actually go down the awards. Right. Uh, well, who do you have an MVP? 
who let's talk about the championship first. We said I had Boston coming out of the East. You had Milwaukee. I have Milwaukee. I have Milwaukee winning it all over the Clippers. I have Clippers beating Boston. So I have the Clippers at the five seed. So they'd be the lowest seed to win the finals. Since since Kings Rockets, right? Exactly. Okay. Um, So for each award, I put my first, second, and third choice since that's usually the finalists. Yeah, that's usually what we do. So MVP, I have Ja at three, just because I think the Grizz are going to be that good. I won't won't fight you on that. I have Luka at two because I think he's going to have the numbers to be as good as any MVP ever. They're just not going to give it to him because the Mavericks aren't going to be a high seed. Though though he might be deserving. Second, I have Jason Tatum. He made all NBA first team last year. He made all NBA first team. You know I think he's overrated. He played fantastic last year. I just think the Boston regression is going to hit harder than he. And... I have Embiid at one. I have Embiid at one, too. I he got screwed back-to-back years. Well, I'm not going to say he got screwed getting injured two years ago, and last year he should have won and didn't. He should have won. So um, I do think that, you know, having a healthy heart and a healthy maxi hurts his MVP case because, oh, you have guys around you as opposed to a guy like Luke is doing it by himself. But I think the Six is going to be the best team in the league record-wise, and I think MB is just going to be the best player, and he's going to get. I think this is the year he gets recognized for it. And I think because he got screwed the last two years is why he's going to win it. Because I think they know they screwed up giving the back-to-back MVP to a guy based off of Bork and you know box score plus minus, and then he gets swept. And the fact back. that he played eighty-two games in a COVID season, will have you won miss time. Yeah, and that's the only reason he won. Don't get me wrong, Jokic is fantastic, but he did not deserve to be a back-to-back. And I think that they know that in hindsight. And that's why I think Embiid's going to win because he got screwed. Okay. So let's move on to defensive player of the year. All right. Um, I had Time Lord on there. I had Time Lord at number three. I had him number one before he got hurt, but now I have him. I have him at three as well. I actually have Ben Simmons at two for all my slander. I know he's going to play hard defensively. He's the most versatile defender in the NBA, so I'm not going to argue. And the only person that could compete with him with most versatile defenders who I have winning. And that is, can you guess? Well, let me see. I have Draymond at two. I don't think you're okay. talking about Draymond. I'm not. Number one, I have Bam Adebayo. Wow, so do I. <laughs> okay, cool. We, I swear we didn't talk about this Bam, before. Bam switch. I forget a stat, but they showed it in the playoffs last year. Bam switched on like 700 possessions last year onto guards. Isn't and like the second center was like 500 something. Like he just, he was so much better defending the perimeter than any other big man. And he's a leader protecting the rim. Yeah, he he's outstanding. He's versatile. Um, he puts in the effort based on the team he plays for and who coaches him. I think he's going to win. Rookie of the year, I feel like it's lame, but I, I picked Paolo. I picked Paolo, too. He's going to put up the stats. He's going to put up the stats. I think Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, Benedict Matherin. Yeah, those, those were my three. Yeah, they could all be interesting. I just think he's going to have the stats. I think... And I think that it's the hype around the number one pick where it was kind of unexpected. You know rookies a lot better than I do always, but that feels like a, a good safe pick. No, I agree. Coach of the year. I have Taylor Jenkins. I, I talked about that with, I think the Grizz are going to be the one seed. Um, JB Bickerstaff, I think will finish up there because based on having the Cavs at four, which I do, I think they'll recognize that. A sneaky, this isn't my third pick, 
if the Timberwolves are four or five, Chris Finch could be up there. Yep. Um, so and then I, yeah, have, who do you have? I have Doc Rivers at three, just because he's six of the best record in the league. Okay. I have Baker Staff at two, like you talked about. Number one is kind of ironic because I'm I'm down on the team in the regular season, even though I had them winning it all. I gave it to Ty Lue. Because I, I do see a scenario where Kawhi only plays in 40 games and Paul George only plays in 50 games, and they still end up as a top four seed. So I kind of mitigated my five seed prediction yeah. to win the championship by giving him coach. He should have won coach of the year. I mean, there's a lot of deserving coach of the years this past year. Taylor Jenkins, Ty Lue. I mean, Ty Lue had no Kawhi all year. Paul George only played in 35-ish games, and they still will be eight seed. Yeah, I I agree. I He's a top five coach in the league. You recall when we did the Who Should the Sixers Hire podcast. It was Doc Rivers. Is who I Before want. Doc Rivers got fired, I wanted Ty Lue. And I, I was, And you I did, did not. not. I was vehement that, against it, and I've learned from it. Uh, that's the only thing I've gotten right that you've gotten wrong basketball-wise probably ever, so I'm going to hold on. <laughs> and, and Doc Rivers, I was excited when he got fired because I knew he was coming here. And boy, do I, we had Ty Lue. We had him. And then yeah. I, who did I, I think I wanted D'Antoni at the time. Yeah, it was, it was D'Antoni and Billy Donovan. Yeah. Okay. Um, six man. I have Jordan Poole. I have Jordan Poole, number one. So do I. I have uh, Malcolm Brogdon, number two. And Bones Highland at three. Norm Powell at three. I have Brogdon as well. If if I'm assuming he's coming off the bench, which it seems like he is, he is. He is, he is a good preseason with um Tom Woodall. They shifted Horford to the five, and then they're playing Derek White and playing yeah. everybody up a position. That makes it makes sense. I think also with all the stream on Jordan Poole crap, if Jordan Poole's on top of that, putting up eighteen to twenty points off the bench, there's going to be a weird media narrative around how he overcame getting sucker punched in the face. I mean, Draymond sucks. Never been a fan of the guy, but yeah, I think Jordan Poole, there will be a narrative around it in a good way. Then most improved is so tough because I don't know how to predict the damn award anymore. Yeah, it used to be like a guy who came out of nowhere and like... Ja winning last year made no sense. I agree. Out over Jordan Poole, who was actively the worst player in the NBA. The worst player in the league. Or Tyrese Maxey. Both of them should have won over John Morant. I agree. So... If they award it like they did last year, I'll put Anthony Edwards because he could put up 25 a game and be an also right now. I'm looking at the odds right now. Plus and 850. If they award it like they did last year, I would take Anthony Edwards. Otherwise, I really like Halliburton, even though I think the Pacers are going to be bad. Halliburton went down a lot. He was like plus 1,200 the other day. He's now plus 2,500. So what does Vegas know that we don't? I'm throwing some money on plus 2,500. Yeah, why not? I just think he's going to take over and score a lot of points, even though the team's not going to be good. Uh, but that's always the hardest. Okay. So I had Tom Lord three for most improved. And again, he might not play enough games. Uh, yep. Anthony Edwards, number two. Number one, I actually put RJ Barrett, who's actually third okay. on this list. He's third, really. Plus I, I don't hate that. They have Zion on this list, tied with RJ Barrett for third. Zion averaged 27 points a freaking game. Like, Stop putting people to have been all-stars on most improved player. Yeah. I agree. Um, okay. And then let's just go really quickly through all NBA. First, I have Luka, Ja, Durant, Giannis, Giannis Embiid. 
Okay, I have four of them the same. I have Luca, John, and you have Tatum instead of KD. Tatum, yep, exactly instead of KD. And then I have Tatum on my second team. Okay. With Jimmy Butler as the other forward, Jokic is the center, Steph, and this is me being blindly optimistic. I have Harden on second team. Okay, I have Jokic, KD. I have Kawhi on second team. Okay, I have him. assuming he plays enough games to really. Then I have Steph. Then I have Devin Booker. I have Devin Booker. Okay, uh, and I have Harden on my third, so I know. Okay. My third, I have Trey Young, Booker, LeBron, Kawhi, Bam. I have Dame, Harden, AD, LeBron, and Bam out of bio. Okay. Is your center? Bam. Okay. I don't have AD. Okay. I have Kawhi and LeBron with my forwards. Okay. Do you have your rookie teams or your defensive teams or no? I have a rookie first team, and it's lame. Because it's the top six picks minus Chet. That's but, what I So, uh, yeah. I, Paolo, Ivy, Jabari Smith, Keegan Murray, Matherin. I'll go through my second team just to give listeners perspective since we are a fancy basketball podcast just to keep an eye yeah, on people. It would be me just purely guessing, which is why I didn't do it. I don't so know I have, about I have Jeremy Sohan. I have Mark Williams. who Mark Williams is playing behind Nick Richards and Charlotte because Steve Clifford's a dope. But I'm assuming when they start tanking very early into the year, he starts getting more minutes. Then I have Otay Baji, one um, national most outstanding player in the national championship. Then I have Johnny Davis and Jake LaRavia. Okay. So, hey, a Grizzly. You're making it happen. um, He was the the D'Anthony Melton pick, right? No, that was um, David Roddy was the D'Anthony Melton pick. So, LaRavia went 19th. Roddy went 20th. So, do, do you have all defense? I do. Okay, so I actually have a huge amount of snubs on my all defense. Okay. So my first team is, let's see here, Marcus Smart and Drew Holiday are my guards. Same. Giannis and Draymond are my forwards. And Bam is your center. Yep. Same, except I have Ben Simmons instead of Draymond because I have been finishing second on defensive. Okay, so I have Ben Simmons on second team. Okay, who else? My guards are Patrick Beverly. And Alex Caruso. I have Matisse and Jose Alvarado, just for the memes. Ben Simmons, then I have Herb Jones. I have Jimmy Butler and Mikhail Bridges. Okay, then I have Gobert. I have Gobert as well. Okay, so my snubs, I have no Embiid, or Miles Turner, or Time Lord, because it's too hard to get that many centers yep. on. And then no Anthony Davis and no Kawhi. So I, I think you could make a third all defensive teams. So many good defenders in the league right now. But, yeah, I mean, it's always a fun exercise that we do this. I'm going to be curious when we look back at the end of the year and see how wrong we were. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, man, I really appreciate, you know, you going off the beaten path and inviting me on as just a, you know, seemingly knowledgeable friend. You know, my listeners like you. Um, All my NBA goal episodes, the highest listenership was always episodes you came on for. What can I say? We play off of each other well. One day, you and I are going to be a broadcast team. I know it. We'll be like Alad Abbey and Mark Zumoff. That's a Sixers reference for you guys that aren't Sixers fans. But this concludes this episode of Birdwrights Podcast. Go get your Brewski 150 if you want to win your fancy basketball leagues. I can't stress that enough. So go Thanks. get that. Follow me on Twitter at Birdwrights Pod. Jake, unfortunately, does not have Twitter. So but we're coming in for a landing. If anyone decides they want to contact him. For whatever reason. Head up, Steven. He'll he'll, he'll get you my number.
Got you. So, okay. I will talk to you guys next episode and thanks for listening.